You're listening to the Source Property Podcast, your number one source of tips and tricks for starting your property business. My name is Chris Kirkwood, and today I am joined by uh, one of our franchisees, Tim Campbell. Hi, Tim. Hi, Chris. <clears throat> Thanks very much for being here. Really appreciate it. Now, we've got Tim in because he is an absolute expert in one particular area area of property that we want to talk about because no doubt you will have heard over the past few months about EPC. Well, the past few months, not even months, is it? It's years now. Years and years. years 2008. About. Look at that. Stats coming out already. <laughs> this is why we asked you on. Um, yeah, we've been talking about EPCs for a long period of time. And you'll sort, you might roughly know that the requirement, if you're going to use a property as an investment property, the requirement for that property is gradually having a higher and higher EPC. And you've made a business out of it, haven't you, Tim? Do you want to yep. tell us about that? So in 2008, I set up Box Property Solutions, which is my other company. Um, it was originally a home information pack company, which set up to provide all of the documents. When they existed. When they existed. And then the government decided to kill like 90% of my business overnight. Um, so I trained as an energy assessor. Um, and we've been doing EPCs since then. So I think a good place to start that would be just to explain what an EPC is, just in case we've got some people out there that don't know. Okie dokie. So what what actually happens with an EPC is a energy assessor goes out to the property, whether it's domestic or commercial. Different qualifications for both, um, and they will look at a number of things like when the property was built, what it's made out of, and also the government provide us with data that gets merged into that. So basically, you're looking at the age of the property, how well it's insulated, which walls it's losing heat out of, um, whether the loft's insulated, how energy efficient the boiler is, has it got a boiler, is it electric heating, and then it will merge that with assumed data. So the government software basically basically factors in a unit energy price and it bases it over a three-year period on average occupancy so it doesn't take the individual's energy use into account it's all average data so that you can look at properties and compare them to the same parameters and there are three different angles that you're going to look at this from that, that are of interest really aren't there first of all there is energy bills are very expensive at the moment so the higher your EPC rating the less money that you're spending on your on your energy Secondly, you're looking at the, um, uh, as an investment property, you need to be at a certain level uh, in order to use that property as an investment property. And thirdly, I guess, from a country perspective, you're looking at it from the country has made energy commitments to reduce yeah. the amount, of the, you, you reduce the carbon footprint of the country, and so on and so forth. So there's three different ways that are of interest when it comes to the EPC register. When you're involved in property, though, I guess the... The, uh, the performance of your investment properties is going to be the most important. It is, and whether or not you can even rent them out in the future. Absolutely. And how? who polices that? Like, say, say my property isn't up to the correct standard. Who polices that? How do they go about it's making sure that I do that? It's getting more common now. So originally it was trading standards that looked into it originally. So which properties were on the market that didn't have a valid EPC. Now what you're tending to find is that councils are getting a lot more proactive and they're basically purging the EPC database. They're finding properties that are F and G rated and then they're contacting the landlord direct and saying, what have you done about this? Just to, just to 
is there anything in it for the councils to do that or are they doing that because it's the right thing to do, do uh, i think they're just policing it obviously okay. there's fines involved if the properties are substandard and people are living in fuel poverty mm -hmm. um most properties that are on the market through estate agents meet the criteria, but a lot of private landlords are renting out properties that just simply don't meet the required standards. So looking at it from a from a, an investment point of view, or I guess actually looking at it, at it from any point of view, what can people do to improve the energy performance of their properties? Okay, so the most important thing really is to consult with an energy assessor, first of all. Um, we've dealt with a lot of landlords that have gone out, they've taken advice from electricians, from gas engineers, they've followed their advice, and then they've actually made their EPC rating worse. Dave down the pub, Dave down the pub knows loads about this, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. That, that kind of thing. So yeah. th there's one case where they ripped out gas central heating, they were told to put in um, electric panel heaters. We did the EPC before and after, unfortunately, they didn't consult with us, and they went from a nice, solid D down to an F, so they then couldn't rent out their property. Um, what we've done since is consulted with them and said, right, okay, what you need to do is this to improve it and work with them, and the property is now a C. So it's essential to consult with an energy assessor, someone that knows how the calculations are made and what impact each item is going to have to move it up. Um, yeah. In terms of the new, there's new regulations coming out as well, isn't there? Well, they're proposed at the moment. There's right. a lot of confusion because a lot of marketing on social media is saying they've come into effect, which they haven't. It's all a proposal at the moment, yeah. and that is to have new tenancies as a C from 2025 and existing tenancies as C from 2028. But it is a proposal. The industry as a whole is saying that the housing stock just isn't ready for this. So what do you think will happen? Let's say that they do bring it in in 20, 25 for, for new builds, for 28 for existing. What do you think will happen? Will that force some landlords to exit from the market? First of all, um, what will probably happen is a major software update, which will immediately mean things rank quite a bit higher. This is what happened with the commercial property side. Right. So things that were previously an F suddenly got reassessed and they were coming out as a C because the government changed the parameters to it. So I would expect a large software update followed by a wave of grants to kind of fund any improvements that do need to be done. And that's a shame, really, because as soon as... In my head, as soon as you create a situation which then pushes people into making a decision, so in this in this scenario, that would be the people that own the properties, probably haven't saved enough money in order to afford the refurbishment. And therefore, when they're told, well, this is an F, it needs to be a C. If you want to create a C out of this property, you're gonna to need to spend X amount of money. Therefore, they're forced into a corner where they don't have that money and therefore that's an opportunity because they're, that's a forced sale. Do you, I mean, I don't know, do you see that situation? Do you understand that, yeah. that that's like the, when you're brought in to look at a property that that's the situation that they're in? Kind of. So if it does go up to a C, the amount that you have to spend per property is going to increase from £3,500, the current level, up to £10,000. Mm. So the landlord will have to commit to spending that to improve it. Now, the reason it was set to 10000 is because that was deemed to be a reasonable amount to move it up. And in addition to it, that's a reasonable amount to expect a landlord to mortgage on the property. However, we are getting phone calls from landlords that are basically saying, I've got seven, eight houses, there's no way I can get 80,000. Yes, they could, but 
they're, they're looking at it as a profit machine rather than someone's mm -hmm. home. And the fact that carbon emissions are coming from houses, it's about 26% of the carbon um, emissions come from the housing stock. And so for me, that, that's an opportunity to, have com to try and find, com find landlords like that to have conversations with them to see if there's an angle where, I don't know, we could, work, we could come up with some kind of deal. Have you heard of anybody focusing on that? Not as such. There is one company that I'm aware of that have put a huge amount of money aside um, and they are deliberately purging the database and then contacting landlords direct. There are other companies that are doing this via different funding methods so they're, again they're to generate EPC it. Register. Yeah. Can you filter on the, the most recent re uh, EPCs that have downloaded into the register? I would love to say I know this, but unfortunately <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I know there is a way of doing it somehow, but I'm not too sure how. Yeah, well, probably if you're, best cut this bit out. <laughs> if, you're, if you're using an API or something to get that out of the out of the database, the, the, the date of, of the or the yeah. the validity, uh, the end, the expiry date is the word that I'm looking for. The expiry date's got to be in there, so you must be able to filter it that way. It's, yeah, somehow, somewhere. In fact, Luke, our glamorous assistant, has just done it, so that is absolutely achievable. We do need to yeah. totally cut that bit out because I, I need the, to know I that. No. Oh, not uh, sorry. I thought you, I thought you meant by the rating. No, no. Well, the, the, the oh, right. Yeah, yeah. You can search any postcode. Don't make up for this now. <laughs> people know. These people know. Okay. Um, nicely covered up, though. I think that yeah. you, you did, that was a fine job. Excellent. Um, so yeah, that's that's an opportunity for me. So what? What? Who are this company? And what are they doing? The ones that are putting the money into finding the, the low EPC ratings and then they're, oh, they're right. re, uh, yeah. re, redoing them. Honestly, this skill, I can't remember their name. Flipping <laughs> Seriously. Um, I think it was an article you posted, actually, in the workplace, so you should know. Don't pin this back on me. But you said, you said before that they, they uh, on average, something that has a non-compliant EPC rating sells for 10% less yes. than a compliant EPC rating. Yeah. They've got to be getting it for more than ten percent off, haven't they? Because that's a that's a tight margin. Yeah, that's a very tight margin. But if they look, if they use that to start to negotiate, because I guess something you said before, actually, the properties that have got the lowest EPC rating tend to be in the worst overall condition. Yeah. So it's not just that the EPC rating will drive the price down by ten percent. They'll probably be below market value anyway. Probably. The, the exception to that is properties off the main grid, basically. So if it's mm -hmm. oil, um, electric, or any other kind of remote situation, they generally have low EPCs as well. But they go for a market value. Yeah. Roughly market value. Okay, all right. Well, that's a, you know, for, for me, that's a, great, that's a great tool to use and something to be aware of that something with a low EPC rating, because you see them, the EPC ratings are, are listed all over Rightmove, aren't they? Legally, it has to Absolutely. say what, what the rating is. So if it's all over Rightmove and you can see that it's got a low EPC rating, and that's a, another point of negotiation that you can use, a, a tool that you can use in your negotiation to get the price that you want to get. 
It is, and more and more people are doing this. We're getting more and more phone calls from people about to make an offer, saying you've done the EPC, having a look at it, what would it take to move it up? So people are already beginning to think, how can I improve it? Is it at all? It's moved a long way from when there was just the graph and no one cared. It's now something people do actually care about a bit. And, and look, the purpose of this podcast is not to say, look, you could look at EPCs and that's going to find you the best property deals that you're ever going to find. Of course, it isn't like that. And property really doesn't work like that. The way that property works is you have a, a broad understanding, you have a broad knowledge base, and then when you go and see one property, then one part of that knowledge base might be appropriate for you to maximise the opportunity in that property. You go and see another property, and it's going to use a different part of your knowledge base. So really the purpose of this podcast is just to make you aware that look, EPCs can help you negotiate deals, um, and you should be aware of it, because more and more people are being driven into a corner that they, a 10 grand corner that they can't afford and therefore they're motivated to make a decision and you could be there to, to help them, um, help relieve them of the stress of having to make that 10 grand, uh, 10 grand decision. Uh, anything else you want to say about it? No, I mean... Anything else you want to forget about it? Quite a bit. <laughs> um, I mean, generally, if you're doing a refurb, what I've done with the one that I'm doing is I've, I'm have i in the kind of privileged situation where I can recalculate it as I do things mm. to check that I do hit a band C. So anyone doing a development, I would suggest working closely with an energy assessor going, is it worth me dropping the ceiling height? Am I better with electric heating or gas heating? And are you aiming for a band C? You're not oh, yeah, I will get... higher than a band C. No, thing. no. B's and A's, uh, they just, they're so rare. Right. Um, the the house that I'm doing is was built in 1775. It's just simply not possible to get it up to a B or an A. Right. Um, but as long as you can hit a C, it's all about the Cs. Right. Okay. And by the house that I'm doing, what Tim's referring to is the refurbishment that he's got going. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Um, anything else you want to uh, add before we no, sign off? I'm good. Good. That, that was really good. Thanks very much. Excellent. Much Thank appreciated you. for your time. Brilliant. You remembered about 50% of what we thought you were going to remember. That's more than normal. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. Remember, Source Franchise is here to help. We are the first and only franchise of our kind. We're much, much more than just a training course. We're right behind you, supporting you with knowledge and property leads, and we can even offer funding through Source Capital.